Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Hey Biggies, welcome back to another Friday 5pm. The last Friday 5pm in lockdown as far as we're concerned as Beer Geeks because the pub's open tomorrow. I know, mate. Um, I'm kind of scared and and terrified, but also pretty fucking excited. Um, hey, I just hope people are not absolute dickholes uh, when they get a chance to get back in a boozer. <laughs> what do you reckon? It's an early, an early horrible swear. But sure, <laughs> I hope people aren't dickholes. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to the pub tomorrow. I think it, it's it's probably. If I can wait for another day, if you can wait for another day, it's probably best because I'm a bit worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and we don't want a second spike. Um, but if you do go, please act responsibly, tip well and respond to all the rules. Um, but we'll, we'll get into the pubs in a bit, actually. I've got that in our little list of things to talk about. But first, we need to talk about this week's video, Brad. Mate, what a video, eh? Oh, what a, what a privilege it was to be able to brew with those guys and for them to, you know, give us almost carte blanche to say what style and what kind of flavours we wanted and to input on the recipe and all this. Um, like, our fingerprints are all over this sticky beer. <laughs> our chocolatey, biscuity, crumbly fingerprints all up in yeah. there. Love it. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really great video. And, you know, to be sat on that, because we, we filmed that at the start of March, to be sat on that for so long was kind of frustrating and... Um, it sat in tank for longer than we intended, obviously, because everyone was furloughed at Glen Affric Brewery until very recently. So we've been we've been waiting to release that for a long old time, and it was very exciting to finally put it out there and to have produced a video which we've taken your feedback on board. Is you know don't do a brewing video if you don't taste it at the end. So we made sure that we didn't send that video live until we could tell you yes it worked or no it didn't. Yeah, I guess um, it's it's and- the uh, it's the money shot, isn't it, of of a brewing video. You kind of need to see uh, what it tastes like. Otherwise, there's no payoff. There's no satisfaction. Yeah, unless like with our real ale homebrew video where mm. it's part of the narrative and you're you're building that tension yes. like both in real life and, and in the video. Whereas with this one, there was no reason to release that until we knew. Um, but please don't take our word for it as to whether the beer was good at the end of that video because you can buy that very beer uh, from the Glen Affric web shop. You can buy it individually and get yourself some other beautiful stuff from them, or you can buy the Craft Beer Channel case, which is not only a, a collection of delicious beers, including the collab they did with Real Ale Guide, our friend over in Barry, Wales. Mm. Um, 
You can also buy that case so that uh, you can taste it along with us next Saturday. Saturday, uh, July the 11th, we will be doing another live show with the guys from Glen Affric, And possibly Simon's going to turn up for 10, 15 minutes while we drink his beer. Um, and, And you can taste that along with us. So please do pick that up. There's a link in the show notes. Um, should we dive into the comments, Bradley? Yeah, I'm just. I just want to focus on the uh, the fact we're doing a live show and we're forming a super group with uh, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's going to be a wild ride uh, when when we let him on on the proceedings. Um, he's he's an interesting character, isn't he? So. Um, yeah, and given that his live shows are about five hours long, like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> goodness knows what's going to happen to us when yeah. we try to keep it under two. <laughs> I, I do like uh, his name, Stone the Goes. I thought that was uh, very good on his um, his his uh, offering in our box. So um, pretty excited. Yeah, cool, fun stuff. Comments, yeah, comments. Should, should be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, talking of a lot of fun, we had some great comments on the video. So if you haven't seen the video yet, we brewed a Tunnock's wafer-inspired, um, what would be called a pastry style, but we didn't use any unusual adjuncts. As one commenter did point out, we did use uh, muscovado sugar, which is technically an adjunct. But when we used the term adjunct, we meant in terms of like adding cacao nibs, caramel, uh, biscuit flavouring, stuff like that, which are used throughout uh imperial stout brewing these days and that you know that's great but we wanted to show the power of malt so we even on the can i think brad you put eight eight malts no adjuncts yeah man yeah man Um, that's it for us we wanted to keep it keep it real and prove that you can do it without the adjuncts it just takes yeah exactly a metric ton ox of um (laughs) of malt yes yes and a bit more sort of i guess um care and attention to the recipe when it comes to picking your malts um you know a lot of these breweries they'll have like a base recipe for their imperial stout on which they'll layer additional flavorings through adjuncts whereas if you're going to do it with malt then each recipe has to be different which you know has a risk involved and you won't you know i'm I'm going to tell you straight now it's not going to taste like a tonics wafer exactly but what it's going to have is those notes it's going to have notes of caramel notes of wafer notes of uh, milk chocolate and stuff like that which recreate it in liquid form so we could have used um, adjuncts and got even closer even easier but that was not the point of the exercise and I hope people sort of recognize that um, and I think everybody will get it when they taste it and they've certainly got it in the comments I think on Twitter it's gone a bit wild I wouldn't say viral but much bigger than our usual tweets and I think there are a lot of people buying this can thinking it's going to taste like thinking it's not going to taste like beer, it definitely tastes like beer, and that's the point yeah. we wanted it to. Yeah, man, and you know this is intended to be drunk uh, alongside eating of a Tunnock's wafer bar. So to get the full experience, we would suggest if you pick up our crate, obviously you get a couple of Tunnocks in there. If you just yeah. want to pick it up solo, get yourself a six pack or a five pack or whatever of Tunnocks. Or a 16-pack, as I saw the other day. Uh, just don't eat them all in one sitting, but like I would. But, um, yeah, I think alongside it, it just heightens the experience big time. And um, Yeah, do do what Brad says, not what Brad does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a T-shirt slogan. Um, and, yeah, enjoy it with it. Because what was really interesting, actually, because usually, you know, anybody who's ever drunk a beer while having dessert or something sweet, usually it makes the beer intolerably bitter. 
Mm. What was really weird is when I did that in the video and I compared them, it actually made the beer taste sweeter, mm. which is not a phenomenon I know of. When I talk about beer and food matching and I write about it and talk about it a lot in, in different forums, um, you usually say you don't want bitterness when it comes to the, the pudding segment. Um, and that beer was quite bitter, which we'll get into in a sec. Um, but it de- yeah, it, it, it completely dominated all the bitterness and the beer was better with a tunnocks, I thought, or not, not if not better, it was more tunnocksy. Once yeah. your mouth w- 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 was full of tunnocks, that is the power. Uh, which of... now I say it sounds obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the power of Scotland, mate. Right there, that is that is the 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 girth of that bar, the the absolute majesty of the waffle. The girth. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> you talked about dick holes, money shots, and girth. What? Oh, What's God. happening to you right now? What's happened to you know, this man. week? I don't know. I've had a traumatic week. No, I haven't had a traumatic <laughs> week. Uh, I don't know. Don't point that out, Johnny. Now I feel embarrassed. Okay, all right. We'll edit that out. <laughs> Narrator, he doesn't edit it out. Oh, uh, right, let's go into the comments. So um, there were lots of great comments uh, on this video, lots of questions, people asking for the homebrew recipe, which we promise we will supply as soon as we can uh, get that off of um, Glen Affric and edit it and publish it. Um, but my, my favourite comment was um, one of those comments that sort of takes you out of yourself and out of your bubble and makes you go, ha, people people don't know these all these things that we sort of take for granted. Um, so Brady DeGrasse asked, if the wort was so delish, why hop it? A hopped wafer or hopped toffee for that matter does not sound good. Um, so... We've already covered a little part of my answer to that, which would be that we wanted it to taste like a beer, right? And beer should have balance. It should balance, you know, sweet, uh, rich, biscuity malts with soft or, or assertive bitterness, with fruitiness from the yeast, um, all that kind of thing. So we, because we wanted to be like a beer, we wanted to hop it well. But the main answer to that, and the reason why I think we actually ended up over hopping it, was because... We needed to have a high amount of hop in there because it's going into barrel for two reasons. One, because bitterness dies off over time. So as a beer ages, it gets less bitter. But secondly, because if you put a beer into a barrel, which is a non-sealed environment, there's a chance it will get infected by souring bacteria. And hops, as we know from the history of IPA, protect beer from that souring process, from that bacteria. Um, It's a preservative, basically, uh, the acids in hops. So we had to hop it higher than we probably normally would because we knew that half of it was going into barrel. So Brady DeGrasse, those are two reasons. One, for balance, and two, uh, to make sure that it came out of those barrels unsour. Because um, a, a, a sour caramel wafer would be a sad thing indeed, whereas a little hint of bitterness, you know, there's bitterness in, in darker chocolate. Like, that's not the most unusual flavour combination. Yeah, man. Talking of barrel, uh, Terry Hodgkin said, would you add this to your beer stash? So going back to barrels, Johnny, Terry Hodgkins had a question. Would you add this to your beer stash? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I think I think it would age well because it hasn't got any adjuncts in it, which we know that, that you know, fake adjuncts, the flavours die off. Um, whereas, you know, this malt bill is, is just going to really, really age well and it's going gonna, it's gonna to last, isn't it, Johnny? It's going to develop, it's going to get more complicated. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that, that it was a recipe that was designed to be aged because it's going into barrel for a year. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, adjuncts don't tend to age well because they're they're heavily processed um, and they're designed to be used in products that don't have long dates on them. You know, you shouldn't really age any beer that has um, a processed adjunct in it for more than um, a year. Um, and then like these unprocessed adjuncts like coffee, you should never, ever age a coffee beer. Why, why would you age a coffee bean? Why would you age a coffee flavor? Coffee is designed to be made super fresh, drunk immediately, and then you move on. Um, so by just using malts, we've given this beer the maximum length of time it could probably have had. Um, and that, that was on purpose, A, because we didn't want to brew a pastry stout, and B, because we knew it was going into barrels. So we had to brew something that was only going to get better, not start to lose those those initial flavours. So we'd 100% put this um, in our beer stash if we'd made it with cacao nibs, caramel, and, and some kind of biscuit distillate. Um, we'd say 100% don't drink it fresh. And we've seen Imperial Stouts, do you remember Cycle, the beers that we had, they said, you know, drink fresh, don't age, as if it was an IPA. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably down to the ingredients that they've used, which they don't think will age particularly nicely. No, and that, that does throw up a kind of interesting thing about, you know, adjuncts and all the rest of it. That You know, it's it's it can be really hypey and it can be a lot of fun, but... Um, you know, is it is a little bit like fast food, isn't it? It's a bit, bit of a sugary kind of pastry stout kind of fix that you it might satisfy you immediately, but you wouldn't you wouldn't stick it in your uh, your deep dark drawer for a while because it's 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 just going to go, you know, meh because it's it's kind of got a lot of stuff that isn't real in it. Yeah, exactly. I I tested that with a um, so there was the barrel aged edition of Yellow Belly. Um, uh, I think it's called Yellow Belly Sunday. So it had it had more vanilla in. It was aged in in bourbon barrels with more vanilla in. Um, and I left that probably for eighteen months to two years. Um, I finally cracked it and was very excited. And it was it was horrific. <laughs> it was undrinkable. It was pure um, cardboard and. Um, like, uh, well, yeah, just cardboard. It would the 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 way that the these less natural flavors had aged had just turned it into you know chocolate when you leave it in the heat mm. and it all the the fats separate from the solids and yes. it goes that sort of weird gray color mm. and then you taste it and it tastes just musty and of nothing. Yeah, it that's that. exactly how this beer tasted. Blimey. Um, so yeah, do do not age adjunct heavy beers. If it's fresh fruit, that's fine. You can age that. Although I prefer them fresh when they're jammy. But they will, you know, add complex. They'll lose freshness and add complexity. But you will not gain complexity from aging um, these non-natural adjuncts. And I think with fruits, coffees, cacao nibs, that kind of stuff, I think you generally lose what's vital to those those um, ingredients, which is that that fresh, full flavour generally yeah man um talking of of adjuncts and whatnot uh i can't find the comment now but someone had suggested that we we might make a, a tonics tea cake flavor uh beer which is also another favorite of mine i bloody love a tonics tea cake now i don't know how the heck you wouldn't how could you do that without adjuncts because it's marshmallow See, i can't even think what the yeah it, what is the flavor of marshmallow it's it, well that's a good question it's like a sort of creamy, sugary. It's pillow flavor. It's pillow flavor, Johnny. <laughs> but it, I mean, it must have 
Because it doesn't just taste of sugar. It's got a weird kind mm. of floral flavor thing. Like, is it a tiny touch of rose water or something? I don't mm, know. Really? Just... I, I, I don't know if I get like a rose. Uh, I don't know. I had, this is weird because I had Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream last night, which is f- full of uh, marshmallow, weird, fluffy stuff in it. Um, which is which is weird to bite into into an ice cream because it's so soft. It obviously doesn't freeze. Um, it's a very odd texture experience. Um, but I would I I I, it, I can't really describe the flavour of marshmallow. Now you, now you say it, it's it is it is a thing unto itself. I think. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Well, so I've just, I've just Googled it. Um, so it says a marshmallow that um, unless a variation of standard marshmallow is being made, mm. so no answer there, vanilla is often used. Vanilla, right, okay. So sometimes it's vanilla, but also marshmallow root is eh? used. Eh? In it. So marshmallow, is that a natural thing? What? There's a There's a... What a, a an an animal is it, or a plant, or a mineral? There's a there's a a root of a of a vegetable or a plant that's a a mallow. That's yeah, from a, from I'm the just marshland. looking at it. <laughs> yeah, something like what? that. It might it must be a marshland root um, that is apparently um, kind of um, kind of. Uh, I'm trying to translate these these mad things. Pepperminty, apparently. It's it's got honey? a pale pink flower, which is quite nice. I oh, know. Well, maybe they're added. I have no idea. Basically, Google doesn't seem to know. Mate, but... my mind is blown. What the hell? I I thought it was a totally man-made thing. I didn't realise there was a frigging marshmallow root. Well, clearly, clearly, marshmallows themselves are a man-made thing, and I don't mm. think they use marshmallow flavour. But I think marshmallow is. Also, a plant. So, like maybe the the sort of weird texture of uh, unique texture of marshmallow comes from the root potentially being processed. Yeah. Wowzer. Don't know. Apparently, it's great for relieving coughs. Is it? Marshmallow root and protecting against ulcers. I always find stuff in it down my face. Uh, helps when I'm having a coughing fit. Yeah, you just shove <laughs> shove marshmallows in your face. Big I think time. that's more likely to cause a coughing fit <laughs> than it is to cure one. Um, it's making this is this is just turning me on all sorts of tangents. But I'm thinking back to New England now, when we were eating whoopie pies in um, uh, yeah. that lobster place, the High Rollers, which was awesome. Um, Love a whoopie pie now. Whoop, whoopie pie, they're good. I wonder if we could make a, a beery whoopie pie. 
Oh, I bet that's been done. I bet there's there's some whoopie pie beers. For mm. Sure. Mm. Um, I've I've fallen down a hole. I'm now on medical news today, <laughs> looking <laughs> looking at the effects of marshmallow root in humans. Most right. of the research to date has involved animal studies or very small scale human studies. So more studies are necessary to confirm how effective the root is in curing coughs. So Brad, stop ma- mashing marshmallow in your mouth. Okay, I will stop immediately. Yeah, it's weird. It looks like um, uh. It's like furry wood. Very weird-looking yeah. root. Hey, I, I um, always thought that the marshmallow was like totally super-duper bad for you. I'd have no idea that it would come from a freaking plant. So my mind well, is Well, I'm not sure how much of a link there is between marshmallow, the uh, sweet treat, and marshmallow root. Mm. Maybe originally. A bit like Coke and cocaine. It's like the first thing might have had some in, but that's, that's long ago. Um, anyway, we've just spent about eight minutes talking about the history of marshmallow, um, and haven't covered any of the stuff I was going to do in this podcast. And we're we're just about to hit twenty minutes. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about is um, and blow my own trumpet here is a new article I've just written for Good Beer Hunting that went live uh, this week uh, called "Final Gravity: What Will Be Left of Beer Culture After COVID Nineteen." Good name. Pretty happy piece. Um, mm. Full of, you know, jokes, anecdotes, you know, Lols. stories for life. Yeah. Um, no marshmallows. And I just wanted to raise that because I think with the pubs opening this weekend, people are thinking that we're returning to normal. Um, and this this piece that I've written is about, you know, how beer culture is going to have to change. You know, we've already seen America and indeed parts of the UK now go back into lockdown. Um, so we know that footfall is going to be so much lower in pubs, so much lower in tap rooms, um, and that's going to both mean struggles for pubs and for breweries who aren't going to be getting the volume that they want to create. Um, so if you get time, it's worth reading that just to see, A, how you can support these people, but how how these businesses are going to have to change. Um, most of that is to do with digital marketing, which could be good news for the Craft Beer Channel. could mean lots more content for us. I'm hoping. I'm Wait. hoping that's a silver lining. Mm. Um, yeah, when when are you going to go to the pub? Are you going to wait a couple of days, Brad? I don't know. I've seen some of my local pubs are doing a booking service where you have to book a table, which is which is actually a really good idea because uh, you book a time slot and then you're allocated a table and it's table service only, so you're not allowed up at the bar. Um, so you can't hang around, you can't get pissed up and you know, touch everything. You, you just have to sit at your table, which, which is great. And I, and you know, um, that is the safest way to operate. Kind of takes a bit of the fun out of being in a pub. If you like have to turn up at a particular time, you have to sit there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's going to be a real struggle for a lot of pub goers. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of overexcited people, uh, acting, irresponsibly once they're a bit inebriated and I'm you know I'm a bit worried I'm worried for the staff that work in there you know I I think we've really got to take care of each other and um, you know respect everyone that's working you know pub workers for for us are key workers too I think you know Mm -hmm. they're they're on the front line they're going to be on the front lines mate so we've all got to give them space and respect that they deserve because uh, they're, you know, they're providing a service and they're putting themselves in the line of fire. So, um, yeah. So I really hope that people take it seriously and follow the rules. And also, I hope that publicans 
you know, the people who own these businesses mm. insist because it's not legal. So I hope they, uh, sorry, it's not, it's not a legal requirement, but I hope that they all insist on table service. And I've seen a lot of people seem kind of angry and be like, oh, that ruins the point of a pub. Like if it's table service, you're like, have you been to Europe? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. You yeah. sit there and they come and bring you booze. Like I much prefer, <laughs> if I'm honest, that culture where the, the pubs are nowhere near as busy. You don't have to wait forever to get a drink. Mm-hmm. And you can sit there and enjoy yourself and the booze is brought to you. Like what what's not to like about that? Yeah. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to a bit of that. You know, obviously I hope the pubs go to normal because sadly with the amount of duty uh, that uh, breweries have to pay that's put onto the pricing of the beer, with the amount of business rates that pubs have to pay, the tiny margins, that's not sustainable long-term, so I hope it does go back to normal. But I'm kind of relishing a couple of months of, what, I just sit here and you bring me beer? I think, thinking about what you've just said there um, and the European sort of table service and that culture, the the kind of ultimate sort of boozer to head to post-lockdown uh, that's probably set up for this kind of thing already is is like a beer hall, a German style beer hall because yeah, or or Lowlander yeah. like those Lowlander, Belgian style bars that already do it yeah, or like maybe uh, Howling Hops because they got the the big tables. I can imagine them being able to socially distance those and um, you know operate a pretty good table service. So I guess it's it's just going to really change the sort of. Uh, layouts and the whole kind of way that the mechanics of of a pub work um you know we're gonna we're gonna want to be social but we have to be socially distanced so it's 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 gonna be you know a weird one for everyone finding their feet again back in in the pub um so interesting times but but kind of i'm i'm a little bit scared (laughs) I, I really enjoyed, I saw on Twitter, I can't remember who, who wrote it, or maybe it was on a website, about how we need to, we need to remove the, the sort of the stigma of social distancing and call it physical distancing. Because, mm. you know, when we go to these pubs, we will be able to hang out with, with, with our friends and we will be able to interact with bar staff. It just won't be happening at the same time and it will happen at a small distance. So calling it social distancing makes it sound much more honest when really what it means is you've got to stay two metres away from people you're not there with. Um which I think, given everything that's happened, given the, the horrible consequences, the, the death, um, the endless redundancies that are just starting to um, be announced within the beer world, I've already seen, you know, I've got a lot of friends in the beer world and lots of people at breweries who I know have already been made redundant. Um, the very least we could fucking do is stay two metres apart and suffer the indignity of being brought our beer. Um, which yeah, I, I just don't get how people dislike that given everything that's happened. I'm like, that's freaking sweet. Bel- Belgian cafe culture has come to the UK for a couple of months, and I'm I'm quite relishing it. Um, and I'll be going maybe not this weekend, but next weekend once we know who's doing it responsibly and we know that it's not going to cause a, a a second spike. Yeah, man, that's it. I think we've we've all got to be uh, responsible and you know be part of the solution not add to the problem so uh if you're listening out there folks don't act like absolute wallies and um, don't be a dickhole that's it don't be a dickhole that's what i was <laughs> gonna say then i thought that's a lot of dickholes so uh yeah man right well guys um i hope if you're headed to the pub you have a wonderful and so uh physically distant time uh, i hope you enjoyed this week's video and please please pick up that case 
uh, and join us on the 11th uh, for what should be quite a wild live show uh, a week on Saturday, Saturday the 11th. Um, and do check out the article I wrote for Good Beer Hunting all about uh, where beer culture is headed over the next couple of decades. So all that's left to say is have fun tomorrow, stay safe, and we will see you guys next Wednesday for uh, some more edited nonsense. Bye-bye. The Bubble Podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer Channel. Head to youtube.com slash the Craft Beer Channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer.